0: well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are we weak and heavy Into the to, start to, sing. to the Lord and to my presence, I shall say to the to the Lord and to the Lord to the the Oh, yeah, neither Oh que oh que oh está fazendo? Você está fazendo? Você está fazendo? Você está fazendo? Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, what a friend we have
1: in Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Good to have songs that glorify Jesus' name just repeat the name of Jesus over and over. Jesus, oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. Because for such great power in that name, just to call upon that name, there is power and victory, deliverance, amen, in Jesus' name. I know that there are some people that need to just call upon Jesus' name much more often, much more often. And then they would have a victory. Amen. So we're playing a lot of new songs today. It's good to sing a new song unto the Lord. Amen. Amen. And these are good, old-fashioned songs. And that's what we need is old-fashioned songs. We do not need to modernize the church, but rather what we need to do is to seek out the old path and walk therein. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Talking about walking in the old path. My grandmother used to sing this song. She was known for this song. Walk around me, Jesus.
0: Walk around, walk around, Jesus. Walk, walk, around Jesus. walk around, walk around, Jesus. walk around, 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 walk walk around, walk around, walk around, walk around, I'm sleeping, walk around, I'm sleeping, walk around, I'm sleeping. So, surrender, walk around my head, around me, Jesus, walk around me, Jesus, walk around Jesus, walk around me, Jesus, walk around, walk around Jesus, walk, walk, around walk around me, Jesus, walk, walk around walk Around <laughs> walk around where I am dying. Horse of land and I'm growing. Horse of land, horse of land for decades, Horse of land I'm growing. Horse land and i land, horse of land of I'm
1: and this next song... It is extremely relevant to the sermon today. In this season of Halloween, we can't help but to see all the evil. But just because we see it don't mean we have to partake in it. Amen. Next song is going to be page twenty six when we get all the new song books updated. Be careful, little eyes, what you see.
0: that you see, and be careful that I've got to see, whatever the world in, down at us, i And <Spanish> be careful that I've got to see, for the fire of the Lord is looking down and down, heavy, what you need. For you <appears> Take a little hand you, a little hand you. the
1: color the bonnet,
0: looking down the left. a little hand from you. a little great a little pea, great gold. Pour the color of the bonnet, looking down
1: we have a little
0: have a little heart in the We have a little heart to the We have a little heart in the We have a little mind what the over carefully, careful, mind what
1: you can Praise the Lord. Robert, if you'll grab me the doctorate and ministerial. Okay, praise the Lord. Thank God for those new songs. Amen. Which are not new, like I said, but just new to our songbook. Good old-fashioned songs that help us and encourage us. They do. Amen. They're good songs to sing as you go throughout the day, as you face temptation, as you face trials, as you go through life. Singing those songs really, really help. We need to encourage ourselves and to encourage one another in songs and in hymns and in praises. It's very important. It's part of our spiritual warfare. Amen. Praise God. Thanks, brother Robert. <sighs> Getting one one note added here that I don't need to forget. Okay, let's go in prayer. Lord Heavenly Father, praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord, for getting us through this week. Thank you, Lord, for the vision that you gave Sister Fiona about the next coming plague. Thank you for confirmations. Thank you for giving us a forewarning a heads up to pay attention and to be careful thank you for warning us to prepare so that we would not be called unprepared and that we would not be caught by surprise but rather that your people be informed and not ignorant that your people be prepared We thank you, Lord, for that great and wonderful privilege and ability to receive your word and your warnings and your messages. We ask you, Lord, to lead us and direct us in what to do, about how to prepare each one of us individually, how we can get extra food in our homes. How we can fill up our car tanks. What we need to do and how to go about it. How to set the priorities financially. And with our time and energy and focus. What we are to do and how we are to set our priorities. Please give us clear direction. Please help us to not ignore the true visions and true dreams and true prophecies that you have sent but to take action and to be found ready and prepared and not only physically but also mentally emotionally and spiritually prepared for the days ahead and for the fulfillment of your prophecies we lift up to you all the new people that are coming into the truth We thank you, Lord, that you continue to bring people to yourself and that you continue to give us new brothers and new sisters. Thank you, Lord, for a larger family and more fellowship. We thank you for what you've already done, for what you're still doing, and for what you're about to do. We ask your help in this service today, Father, For us to understand things better than before. And that you would help us in these next few days and weeks and months ahead as we go through Halloween season. As we go through the American elections. And everything that's going to happen during and after the elections. We ask for your guidance, your leadership, and your direction. Spiritually, emotionally, mentally, financially, and physically, in all things. Please help us, Lord, to reach full maturity, the level of purity that you would have us to reach, and full completeness at the right time that you have appointed for us. We ask that your will be done and not ours. In Jesus' name we ask. So be it. Amen. Praise God. Praise Jesus. Let's go to the book of Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 for people that might be listening for the first time we are reading from the Alpha and Omega Bible which is not really a new translation at all regardless of what people think but rather it is a restoration of the original scriptures not new but rather restoration amen to restore the Holy Scriptures Back to where they were before all of the corruption of the Roman Catholic Church and others that had purposely corrupted Scripture. It's good to see everyone. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 praise the Lord praise God and I've got written in the notes we're going to read verse 22 but let's read a little bit more than that let's start in verse 16 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 16 Rejoice always. It doesn't say rejoice only in the good times. Amen. There is a song that says that God is God on the mountain, but also in the valley. Sung by the Metchamis. And It's so true that God is still God. whether we're in the times of our best times or our worst times, on the mountain or in the valley, the high times and the low times. He is always God. Amen. He is the eternal and always will be. Amen. And because of that, if we just put our minds and attention on Him, we can rejoice knowing that he is in control, amen, knowing that he is still God, no matter what happens, that our Savior still exists and he always sees us. He is our shepherd, the great shepherd. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. And he always is looking over his sheep, always day and night looking over his sheep. He sees all the threats, all the dangers. Amen. We can rejoice because of that. Even in the rough times, we can rejoice. So regardless of all the evil in this world, and we can't put our heads in the sand. We cannot bury our heads in the sand. We can't ignore everything. We can't help but to see the evil in this world and to be affected by it. But regardless of all that, if we would turn our eyes to the Lord, we have reason to rejoice. Not only His existence and the fact that He sees us and hears us at all times, but also that He chose us. And He chose us first. Amen. He called us by name. Decided that he would entrust us with great responsibility and great knowledge and choose us for this day and this time, which is the most important time, it really is, that has existed for mankind. The prophets of old would be jealous of us we are still living in bible times the bible is not complete it is not done it is not finished because the saints of god still exists the trials the tribulations the miracles still exist and are active today amen we can rejoice. And it says pray without ceasing. Praying constantly throughout the day, talking to the Lord, having that relationship with Him. In everything give thanks, for this is of theos, for you in Christ Jesus. And extinguish not or suppress not the Spirit. So if we are paying attention to God, we are saying, walk around me, Jesus. Walk in my midst. Walk in my living room. Walk in my office. Walk in my place of work. Walk in my camp. Walk in every room of my house. Walk around me, Jesus. Feel free to get up and walk around or to sit down and rest. Lord, walk around me. I want you, Lord to be present in my life. Therefore, I will speak to you and pay attention to you and give you thanks in everything and have that relationship with you. Amen. But if you do not give thanks in everything, then you do suppress and extinguish his presence in your abode, your dwelling. When you ignore him, he goes away from you. He still sees you he's still there he's everywhere at all times but the greater presence of him the greater measure of his spirit is less when you ignore him you ignore him he ignores you and therefore you press suppress the spirit and if if you want revelation if you want understanding if you want spiritual gifts if you want victory if you want deliverance If you want any of these things or more, then welcome in the Spirit of God and His presence and make Him feel welcome with praise, with love, with words of praise, with words of love, with words of thanks, with a cheerful heart. Negativity pushes God away because God doesn't want to hear all the negativity. He wants to hear praise and worship because He is God. And he is worthy of all praise and all worship. We cannot praise him enough for what he's already done. And we cannot praise him enough for what he's doing right now behind the scenes. We cannot praise him enough for what is about to occur. To we welcome him in with praise and thanksgiving. Amen. Thanksgiving coming up next month. For America. I know it's different times of the year for different nations. And some people think it's pagan too because, well, everything else is pagan, so Halloween, I mean, so Thanksgiving must be pagan too. But it's not true. Because Thanksgiving is just a day of thanks. It has no evil symbolism, no evil connection, no evil vibe. There's nothing evil about giving thanks to God so we will celebrate the American Thanksgiving Day next month and have a big turkey as big as we can stuff into our uh, crock pot and now we might even go over to Roberts and see how big of a turkey we can stuff into his oven amen it'll be larger and then we'll hog out on turkey sandwiches over the next few days, weeks after that, hopefully. But the next verse in verse 20 says, Despise not prophesying. Amen. There is a connection between giving thanks to God, praising Him, worshiping Him, and welcoming Him, welcoming him into your house But prophesying. Because the book of Revelation says something like, That the spirit of prophecy is the spirit of Jesus. You cannot separate prophecy from Jesus. Because Jesus likes to inform us and educate us and help us to understand what's occurring. He he wants us to be watchful and alert. He wants us to pay attention to what's going on, world events, so that we will not be called unprepared. The spirit of prophecy is the spirit of Jesus Christ. And if we welcome him in with worship and praise and love and do not suppress him, then we are welcoming in the spirit of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy, a spirit, the spirit, the Holy Breath, the Holy Ghost, that keeps us informed rather than ignorant. Amen. So despise not prophesying. Don't despise prophecy. Don't think that there can't be prophets of the Lord in our day and in our time. Because when you fall for that silly, ridiculous, insane, false doctrine that says there's no apostles and no prophets for our time and that God does not speak to us anymore, that is so ridiculous. You fall for such silly doctrines like that, you suppress the voice of God. God doesn't speak. God doesn't have prophets. God doesn't have apostles. That's suppressing the voice of God, thereby suppressing the Spirit of God, quenching the Spirit. Because you're telling God to shut up when you say He doesn't speak to His servants anymore. It's ridiculous the kinds of things you'll find on the internet and even in churches today. It's absolutely ridiculous. Despise not prophesying. God is still speaking. Amen. In verse 21, but prove all things carefully and hold very tight to that which is good. So we must test the spirits. We must test the prophecy and discern, use spiritual discernment. If God is walking in our midst, If His Holy Ghost is inside of our soul, inside of our flesh and walking and dwelling and abiding within us, then we must have spiritual discernment. I can tell some people are not saved because they have no spiritual discernment at all. If you have God's Spirit in you, you should have a respectable measure of spiritual discernment. Now, of course, when you first get saved, it will be a smaller measure, and as you keep growing in Christ, then you'll get a greater measure of his Holy Ghost as well as a greater measure of discernment as you grow in Christ over the years. But nevertheless, even at the stage of being a babe in Christ, having just been recently baptized and saved in Christ in the truth, You should have a respectable level of spiritual discernment. And if you don't, I don't see how you could call yourself saved. Amen. Because the Holy Ghost protects. He's the shepherd. He protects you from false doctrines. He protects you from silly, insane, ridiculous theories such as flat earth theory and planet nebula and nonsense like that. He'll protect you from such nonsense because he is the good shepherd. Amen. And the, the world is full and overflowing with false prophets. So we have to have spiritual discernment. And that becomes easier and easier the more you read the Bible and come to know Christ Jesus on a personal level. It becomes easier and easier, easier and easier to discern between good and bad and true prophets and false prophets, true prophecy and true visions and true dreams and so forth and the false. Amen. But even as babes, we should be able to look at the images and the observances of Halloween, All Saints Day, as it's known in the Catholic Church, and the Day of the Dead, as it's known in Latin America, Mexico, and so forth, and the Caribbean. All the same thing. Halloween, the Day of the Dead, All Saints Day. Even just a babe in Christ that just first coming to know the Lord should have enough basic elementary discernment to look upon those images and observances of those days and say that is evil. That is evil. Even a child who had not yet been brainwashed, that's the key, a child that had not yet been brainwashed to love halloween when they first see the ghosts and the demons and the witches and the monsters and the skulls that child would first by nature would be afraid of such things but then the parent starts brainwashing them and saying oh it's okay it's all right you can play with witches you can play with skulls and dead people you can pray to the to the dead you can worship the dead you can give candy to the dead and you can hope that the dead would give you candy and you can do all this crap it's okay don't be afraid And they brainwash their children and in so doing they sacrifice their children to the fire just as people did in the Old Testament times. Amen. Straighten up. Listen to my words. Plants not the Spirit of God. Plants not His Spirit. Put your mind on the Lord and off your own flesh. Get your mind off your own problems. We are here to serve the Lord, to hear His voice, not to think about ourselves and our problems. We're here to rejoice, to praise, to worship. And to get our minds on what God is saying and the the direction that God is trying to lead us. He's the shepherd. Let him lead. And it says, prove all things in verse 21. And hold tight to that which is very good. Then it comes to verse 22. Abstain from all appearance of evil. That would include false prophecy. And it would also include negativity. Abstaining from anything that would quench the spirit of God. Amen? Negativity quenches the spirit of God. God wants to dwell in... The temple of God where there's praise. The temple of God is a place where there is song and singing and dancing and rejoicing in the name of the Lord, is it not? You come to the temple to sing and worship and praise. To get your mind off yourself. To lose your mind off from yourself and put your mind on the voice of the Lord. Lord, I'm here. Speak to me. I want to hear what you say. Amen. And abstain from all appearance of evil. And that would, of course, include Halloween. All you got to do is, if you had only one eye in your head instead of two, if you had only one eye in your head, you could look at the images of Halloween, All Saints Day, the Day of the Dead, and immediately know that's Satanic it doesn't take even a full brain to understand this I know a woman that has literally only half a brain and even she if she was to walk in the spirit of the Lord would still be able to discern that Halloween is evil amen Says in verse 23, now may the theos of peace, not the theos of chaos, not the theos of negativity or fear, but the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. May your spirit, your soul, your body, your entire being be preserved complete, to come to completeness, to come to perfection without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is He who calls you, and He'll bring it to pass. Amen. We have to trust that the shepherd knows where he's going, that he is leading us not on the wrong path, but on the right path. And if we look to Him and follow Him and pay attention to Him and not suppress His Spirit, He'll lead us. To full completeness, sometimes will be rough because on that narrow way, as you're climbing the mountain, and the, look at the image in your mind, see the Grand Canyon, and how they people take tours of the Grand Canyon on donkeys, and I've heard it said—I'm not being there myself—but I've heard it said that some of the paths. In the Grand Canyon that they ride the donkey zone is extremely, extremely, extremely narrow. It's frightening how narrow some of those paths are on the cliffs of mountains in the Grand Canyon. There is only room just for that one donkey. And it's so narrow, not even a human could stand beside the donkey unless you fall off the side of the mountain. But as you climb the trials and tribulations of this world as you go through those tough times narrow passages there are times that are frightening and you go through the valley of death but the lord that is leading us knows how to lead us and we have to trust him that he will keep us safe if we pay attention to him and follow his instructions Amen. And trust Him. He'll bring it to pass and bring it to full completeness. If we do, follow Him in faith, knowing that He knows what He is doing. Amen. And part of this journey is to abstain from all appearance, all, every bit of appearance of evil. Amen. That would be horror movies. They have an appearance of evil, do they not? I tell you, all these people that like to watch horror movies that where people's heads are getting cut off and people are being dismembered and all that junk, they love it so much, they're, got to, they're about, very soon now, about to see it in person. Amen? In their own houses, in their own towns and communities and neighborhoods, and they love that gore so much. Well, guess what? You're going to get to see it in person. Enjoy. Get you some popcorn out because the movie's about to start in your own neighborhood. Verse 23 it says that God. Wants to sanctify us, and that means to separate us. The word sanctify means to be separated from the unclean. To be separated from the unclean, that we may be clean, that we won't be partakers with the evil, that we be separated from the evil, that we would abstain from the evil, that we would be separate from the world and called out of the world spiritually. Amen? Being separate and different, not precipitating in the, the works of evil. Amen. Halloween in Mexico is called the Day of the Dead. That should tell you something about that day. Amen. In the Roman Catholic Church is known as All Saints Eve, because the next day, November 1st, is All Hallows Day, which they also call Hollow Mass, such as Christmas, Hollow Mass. Felt the same way as Christmas, Hollow Mass. The Feast of All Saints, also it's called. But regardless of what they call it, it's the same day because of what they do on that day. They build altars on November 1st in the Roman Catholic Church, altars in their homes to pray to the dead, to the dead, which is forbidden and is demonic and witchcraft. The Bible does forbid, speaking to the dead. Amen. And they laid candy. Hello, Halloween candy. They laid cakes, candy, pies, other food and drinks, and gifts on the altar to the dead as an offering to the dead. Now, of course, Catholics would say that's not worship. which is trying to help our dead family members enjoy their life in the grave or in heaven or hell or purgatory or wherever they are. We're just trying to entertain them and help them. We're not worshiping them because evil people hate to confess their sins. Amen. They're too stubborn to confess that what they're doing is wrong, even though anybody with half a brain should be able to discern that this is demonic. And they also go out to the graveyards like witches. And like Satanists do, and Satanists do go out to the graveyards on Halloween. They do. I know this for a fact, that Satanists go out to the graveyards on Halloween, just like people do on Easter sunrise service. This is fact. I'm not exaggerating. So-called Christians going to the graveyard, While it's still dark on Sunday morning Easter sunrise service, there's no difference between Easter and Christmas. Halloween, Christmas and Easter, they are all tied together. You cannot separate them. They are all worship of the devil, every one of them. You can look online. At photos of the Day of the Dead celebrations in Latin America these are Catholics doing this the majority of Catholics in Mexico are I mean the the majority of Mexicans and people in Latin America and the uh, Caribbean they are Catholic these are Catholics and if you've not seen these horrible images just for the sake of education I would encourage you to look at images of the Day of the Dead celebrations. It's gross. It's nasty. It's insane. It's demonic. But sometimes we have to see such things to comprehend the level of depravity, the level of demonic activity that is in such things. And we cannot separate the Day of the Dead and All Saints' Day and Halloween is the one and the same thing. Now, in America, most people don't go to such extremes as the Day of the Dead celebrations, but it's still the same. Even in America, they're still planned with similar images of witchcraft, skeletons, and monsters and bones. It's still the same spirit of Satanism. Halloween in fact is a high Sabbath of Satanism and witchcraft for a fact. Look it up yourself. Amen. Let's go to Corinthians 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Starting in verse 12. 1 Corinthians 10. We'll try to read from verse 12 down all the way down through verse 22, God willing. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12. Therefore let him who thinks that he stands take heed or be careful that he does not fall. That's very important. Because a lot of people are very proudful in their own righteousness. This is a very true and serious problem. And if you think you're not guilty of that, I ask you to examine yourself because there are some people who unknowingly are guilty of that level of pride of their own righteousness. You've got to be careful about that and be careful that you do not fall. Amen. Verse 13, however, no temptation or trial has overtaken you but such as is common to mankind and theos is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted or tested beyond what you are able but rather with that trial or temptation will provide the way of escape also so that you may be able to endure it. Amen. I've heard it said that that's not in the Bible. And there it is. I just read it. It is in the Bible. Absolutely. Any trial or testing or temptation that comes against you, is it is by allowance of the Lord, knowing that you're able to defeat it. And God will not allow any trial or testing or temptation to come upon you that you cannot endure. It is in the Bible right there. Amen. You are able to endure it and say no to it. You are able to say no. Otherwise, God would not bring it to you. So there's no excuse. No excuse. God always makes the way of escape. There is no excuse. God always makes the way of escape if you would choose that path of a way of escape. Verse 14, therefore, my beloved, run from idolatry. Amen. Run from it. Flee from it. When the temptation is there and you know that you're weak in that particular temptation, run from it. Get away from it before you start entertaining the thoughts of that temptation. Step aside. Walk away. Walk out. And leave it behind. And then rejoice that God gave you the strength to walk away from it. That you was able to say no, that you did say no. That feels so good. I know this. It feels so good to say, you know what? Used to, I would have never turned that down, but this time I turned it down. Amen. That's a wonderful feeling of victory. Amen. Run from the idolatry. Amen. Do not embrace it. I speak as to wise men. You judge what I say. It's not the cup of blessing which we bless communion in the blood of Christ. It's not the bread which we break communion in the body of Christ. What he's saying is what you are involved in is what you are involved in amen and what is holy is holy and what is evil is evil so flee from what is evil flee from the idolatry amen and only partake of the good only of the good verse 17 since there is one bread we who are many are one body for we all partake of the one bread in other words When you come together for Passover communion, every Passover evening, and only on that day, because that's the only day biblical for taking Passover communion, amen? When you come together for Passover communion, we're all partaking of the one bread. We are one body. We're coming together in one spirit, one Lord, one baptism, one body, one bride. All partaking of that one husband, all the multiple wives, all partaking of the one husband, of the bridegroom, all at the same time. We have to be careful who we take communion with. You can't just say, anybody that wants to come and be involved and and, and, and do the communion with us, strangers and people like that, no. Because when you partake with other people, you are entering into covenant with them as you drink from the same cup and as you eat from the same bread. Mouth upon mouth, basically, you're taking communion all together as one One body and if somebody in that group is secretly involved in something that is an abomination unto the Lord or they have not yet accepted the commandments of God they're still doing Christmas or Halloween or Easter or Sunday worship they still believe in a three-headed God monster they still believe in all kinds of stupid conspiracy theories that still have no spiritual discernment, then what in the world? Amen. Why would we want to take communion with devils? Because the cup of devils is the cup of devils, and the cup of the Lord is the cup of the Lord. You cannot partake of both at the same time as it's about to say here in the next few verses. Amen. We don't pass around two cups. We pass around only one cup. For everybody to drink out of the same cup that's the way it's supposed to be done even as Christ drank from it blessed it and gave it to the disciples and they drink from it so verse 17 Since there's one bread one loaf of bread we are our meaning as one body we are all partaking of the one bread look at the nation Israel or not those who eat the sacrifices sharers in the altar in other words. All of Israel is one Israel, all partaking of the one Lord, spiritually true Israel. Verse nineteen. What do I mean then that a thing sacrificed to idols is anything, or that I owe is anything? No, but I say to you that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons, and not to Theos. And I do not want you to be sharers in demons. I don't want you to do this. I don't want you to eat the things sacrificed to idols. I don't want you to partake of the devil's cup and the devil's supper and the devil's communion. Amen. Verse 21, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? We are not stronger than he. Are we? So be careful who you take communion with. We have to walk in agreement of the one Spirit and one Lord and one baptism, one faith and one church. You have to be careful who you marry. You have to be careful who you get to bed with because you become. One soul with them, you mix together. Even your DNA mixes together when you have sex, and you become one. All the wives, the husband, everybody, all become one. Whether you sleep together or sleep separately, whether you have sex together or have sex separately, you all share the same DNA. His DNA will be in every one. of When we take the blood and the body of Christ in Passover, his DNA becomes part of every one of us. You cannot separate each member because we one body. There might be ten toes, but you can't separate them because they're on the same person. You cannot separate the toes from the body. You cannot separate the toes from the head. You cannot separate the ten virgins from the husband. They all belong to him, every one of them, all at the same time. Amen. They all belong to him. And they all share the DNA. At the same time. They are one body. Amen. God works in amazing ways. Amazing ways. He confirms his word. Amen. God is so good. We have to be careful where we go to church, what sermons we listen to, what books we read, what music we listen to, what websites we read. The the, the websites that people share with me, it blows my mind. The YouTube videos that people share with me. Here, read this. Here, watch this. Here, read this. Here, watch this. Here, read this. No, I'm not going to waste my time on such demonic videos. Are we still children that we want to watch fairy tales? Are we still children that we want to live in a fantasy land? Grow up. Have some discernment. People need to get off the Internet and just get down on their knees, praying and crying out to the Lord and asking for maturity and discernment and more of the Holy Ghost. As you read the Bible, just laying on the ground, reading the Bible, and praying to the Lord as you read, and read a few verses in this, and then pray for a few minutes, then read a few verses, and then pray for a few minutes, and back and forth for an hour or two. These five minute and one minute prayers ain't cutting it. Pray! Amen. I'll be so glad the day that most Americans will never again be able to get on the Internet. It will be such a great deliverance. Bring those nuclear bombs. Bring the invasion. We need it bad. We need it so bad. and people are so lazy so lazy they want people to just spoon-feed them instead of doing their own bible study amen they would rather say pastor what is the truth about this and have me to say a one sentence or something that takes 30 seconds to explain something that really takes hours of, of reading to understand all of it fully people want to be spoon-fed people want to be treated like babies and children why don't you get in the Bible and read the entire Bible and spend time talking to the Lord and getting to know the Lord because he is the great teacher Amen. But people's got plenty of time to do everything else, but they ain't got time to read the Bible, and they ain't got time to study the Bible, and they ain't got time to pray. But they got time to watch a two-hour video that is total nonsense on YouTube. Plenty of time to do that. And then the next two-hour video, and the next two-hour video, and the next two-hour video, but where's... Time to read the Bible, it's time to seek the face of the Lord. Amen. Be careful who you take communion with. There's a lot of fake Christians out there who say they want the truth and they'll call me, they'll email me, they'll text me, they'll get in touch, but when it comes to actually getting involved in the work of God, no. No, we ain't got time to listen to services. No. Oh, oh Pastor Tim, what's the truth on this? What's the truth on that? But I ain't got time to listen to a two-hour sermon, but I sure have time to listen to hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of junk on YouTube. But no, no time to listen to the sermon of truth and repentance. No, ain't got time for that. Speak the truth, don't I? Speak the truth. Go to over to look at Ephesians. Ephesians chapter five. Ephesians five, starting in verse seven. God willing, we'll read down through verse 16. Ephesians 5, verse 7, God is so good at how he confirms his word. And he's just leading us through this sermon. I'm saying many things I had no idea I would say. Because God is leading and he's confirming it as I go along. Ephesians 5, verse 7, therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were formerly, darkness we used to be darkness but now you're light in the Lord wake up walk as children of light it doesn't say wake up walk as children of light now when I think of Halloween all these kids walking in the around in the dark at night with flashlights and going to the graveyards especially the Catholics I think of people going to uh, Easter sunrise service to worship the sun, but they arrive while it's still dark and go over there in the graveyard. That's not children of light. No. But rather children of darkness. Amen. Children are greatly involved in Christmas, in Easter, in Halloween, in physical carnal self-pride self-worship birthdays is all about sacrificing the children into the lake of fire to perish them to kill them to annihilate the children to abort them it's about it's all about killing the next generation and trying to kill out God's creation That's what the holy days of the devil is all about amen We used to be in the darkness. We used to be ignorant. Our eyes used to be closed. But when we come to the Lord and the truth, the light bulb comes on and we can see things for what they are. Amen? And the light reveals the darkness. The light of God, the truth in Jesus Christ, finally turns on the light to where we can see these things for what they are. And then we're no longer in the darkness or in ignorance, but we're in the light with knowledge of the truth. Therefore, we need to walk as children of light. Amen. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. You cannot separate the truth from the righteousness or the righteousness from the truth. If we have the truth, we should walk in righteousness. And if we claim to walk in righteousness, then surely we have the truth. You cannot separate those either. Because they are all fruits of the same Spirit of God. The fruit of light is the goodness and the righteousness and the truth. You cannot separate Christ from these things nor these things from Christ. Amen. If you want the truth, get on your face in tears and seek God and He'll teach you the truth. And then you'll walk in righteousness and not in evil demonic things. Verse 10, Proving What did 1 Thessalonians 5 say? Prove all things. Amen. Proving what is acceptable. What is acceptable, what is not acceptable to the Lord. And how can you say that glorifying skulls and death and witchcraft and demons and monsters, how can you say that glorifying those things and teaching your children to play with such things, how can you say that any of that is acceptable unto the Lord? as Joe Biden would say, come on, come on. Did you watch that debate? And verse 11, do not precipitate in the unfruitful words of darkness, works of darkness. Don't precipitate in it. Don't precipitate in Halloween, in Christmas, in Easter, in Sunday sunrise, or Sunday Easter services, every Sunday morning. Do not participate in it. Abstain from it. But instead even, whoa, 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 what it says, rebuke them. Whoa, baby. Wow. What? I can actually say something against such evil? I, I don't have to turn a blind eye, but I might hurt somebody's feeling. Who am I to judge someone? The Bible says, not only should you not propisitate, but you should rebuke them. Amen. You can and you should. Because if you love them, then you should want to see them come to the light of Jesus Christ. You should want them to be delivered from such darkness, from, some, from such nasty evil. You should want to tell them the truth. And if they still reject the light of God, your word, your testimony of truth, if they still reject it, then they are worthy of rebuke. And they need to the rebuke. They need it. Because only by rebuking them after they reject it can you really show them how serious the situation is. If you don't rebuke them then that tells them, oh, this is nothing. It's not serious. Amen? By rebuking the rejection of the truth and that person for rejecting the truth, you show them the seriousness of the situation. It's life or death. Amen. It's serious enough to offend. It's serious enough to, to accept the persecution that you're going to receive and, and to put God first and to prioritize the truth over darkness and to shout loud enough to get their attention, to speak firmly enough to get their attention, to show them the seriousness of the matter. Verse 12, For it is disgraceful even to speak of things which are done by them in secret. And when I think of Halloween, I must think of the things they do in secret. The witches and the satanists going out to the graveyards in the dark, sacrificing animals and babies and virgins. It happens. It's real. Don't let no one say that doesn't occur because it does. It is fact. Every Halloween, there are humans sacrificed on the altar of Satan in the name of Halloween. It is a high Sabbath of Satanism and witchcraft. These things are very real. And when you participate in the giving out of candy and trick-or-treating and teaching your children that Halloween is just child's play, and when you go to those churches, so-called harvest fest on Halloween, it's the same thing. And what you're saying by being involved in it is, I approve of it. That's what you're saying when you are involved in it. I approve. But do not propicitate, it says, and even rebuke them. But it is disgraceful even to speak of those things done in secret. Verse 13, but all things become visible or exposed when they are exposed by the light for everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason we say, wake up, awake sleeper, and arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. In other words, wake up, Welcome to reality. Don't be ignorant anymore about the extreme level of Satanism that is that is present in All Saints' Day, the Day of the Dead, also known as Halloween. Now it's mostly a problem in the Western Hemisphere, North America, Central America. South America, and I believe maybe Spain because of the number of Catholics there. But it's not that big of a problem in the Eastern Hemisphere that I know of. My experience is most people in Africa and other places, it's like they don't do it. It's not present there. But regardless of whether it's present or not observe, observed or not observed in your nation, you still need to be informed and educated about it because you cannot separate Halloween from Christmas and Easter or Sunday worship because it's all about sacrificing the children to the devil, killing the children, and teaching people that you can play with the devil, it's just child's play, that you can talk to the dead. You can pray to the dead. You can go give flowers, offering to the dead. Put flowers on your relatives' graves as an offering to them. That's worship of the dead. So it's education for all of us, regardless of what nation you live in. It's education that we need to know about, of what's going on out there in the world. We need to wake up not be dead to the truth anymore. Verse 15, therefore, be careful how you walk. That means how you live. Not as unwise not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. We need to make the most of our time. We need to prioritize what we read, what we watch, what we listen to, because your ears, your ears, they are the ear gates they are entrance gates doorways into your soul your eyes are gates into your soul you have to be careful the videos the magazines and the books and the ministers and the churches and the websites that you pay attention to because they corrupt your soul if you let them if you let them, there is a way of escape you can all you got to do is block that website, or not watch that video. But instead, people entertain silly, ridiculous things. They entertain ridiculous things because they have no discernment. They're still children of the darkness. What they need is to repent of their sins, confess what the Bible says about the commandments of God, what the truth is, which is very, very, very clear. The truth about heaven and hell. Whether there's one God or three. Whether you need to keep the Sabbath or Sunday. These things are not difficult topics. They are not difficult topics. All you got to do is read the Bible. That's all you got to do. And ask those questions. Why does the world... Do Sunday, when the Bible says even the apostles, even the disciples kept the Sabbath, even decades after Christ died, they were still going to the synagogue on the Sabbath and keeping the Sabbath and keeping Pentecost and keeping Passover and all of that, decades after after the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ. So how can it be true that the Sunday church of lawlessness, of breaking the commandments of God and saying that God's law does not exist. How can that be right? These are simple things. Even kids can figure this out before they get rainwashed. These are simple things. It's not difficult. You just got to be willing to open your eyes. That's all. Amen. Some people say, Well, I'm not gonna do Halloween, but I'm still gonna answer my door and I'll just give out Bibles when the kids come to the door, or I'm gonna give out gospel tracts or something like that. It's not bad as long as I uh, give them the love of Jesus. Bull crap. Bull crap. Those people who are trick-or-treating going door to door. They're doing so. Why? Because the children are being sacrificed to the devil. And when you open up that door, you're saying, I agree to sacrifice this child. I agree in propitiation of this holy day of Satanism. I propitiate. I open my door. I give them something in agreement with their command of trick or treat. You're saying yes to the devil and you're saying no to God. Handing out gospel tracts does not work. When they're coming to the door seeking candy, that track would just be thrown into the trash can. I've never heard of anybody in my whole life who got saved because they got a gospel tract on Halloween night when they were trick-or-treating. They want candy. If they don't get it, it's going to get in the... Whatever you give them is going to go in the trash can. Plain and simple truth. And you still open the door to the devil, and you got to be careful about opening the door to the devil. Amen. Some churches on Halloween, they have what they call harvest Fest But if it's on that same date of Halloween, it's still Halloween. So don't be tricked by different names. Now there are also such this. There is also such a thing as uh, harvest festivals held in different weeks, maybe the week before, the week after. That's not necessarily the same. You have to be careful. It might be different town to town, community to community. It'd be different. You have to use discernment. Look at what symbols that they are using, but though there is such a thing as a harvest festival that's not evil when it's just a community celebrating the fall harvest that God has blessed them with a good harvest that year. Uh, you have to use discernment whether they're trying to mix Halloween in it or not. So that can vary. As far as fasting this year. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to ask anyone to fast on Halloween this year because Halloween this year is on the Sabbath, the seventh day of the week. And the seventh day of the week is not a good day to fast because the seventh day of the week is a day for fellowship, brothers and sisters coming together, uh, having a meal together, not communion, but just a meal together for their fellowship so it's not a good day for fasting there there could be exceptions There, there is a time and a season that sometimes you might want to fast on the seventh day but in general the seventh day is not a good day for fasting in addition to that it's better to fast before halloween rather than actually on halloween because by the time they get to halloween If they haven't learned the truth yet, if they've not been delivered from it yet, they're not going to be delivered in the midst of their activity. They're already involved in it. So it would be better for the person to be delivered like the month before Halloween or the day or two or the week before Halloween rather than the day of Halloween because once they're actually right there in the midst of the demonic celebration, you are not going to deliver them. So if you're going to fast for your family or somebody or someone or for the people to be delivered from Halloween, it would be better to fast sometime before that when there is still that opportunity for people to read about it, think about it, pray about it, and be delivered. But to be honest with you, it's their choice whether they're going to accept the truth or not. And you can fast and fast and fast until you lose a 100 pounds. It's not really going to make, make much difference because it's still going to fall on their own choice. Every person has free will. And every person has to make their own decision, life or death. God's holy days or the devil's holy days. And it's really going to rely on their own heart, their own soul, their own way of thinking about whether they want the truth or they don't want the truth. Of course, everybody claims they want the truth, but they're just lying through their teeth. Amen? really falls back on each person's own free will and what they want and what they don't want. Do they want the truth or not? And the reality is most people don't. That's just the reality. Most people don't. I would say fasting is much better for your own repentance, your own understanding, your own growth in the Lord. That's something that you can actually do something about. Amen? You can make the right decision. You can seek the Lord. You can repent. Fasting is much better for your own salvation, your own repentance, your own confirmations and growth and so forth. But there is a time that you can fast for somebody else, for their healing, and for what God would do for that person, what God would do. Your fasting ain't going to make no difference about what that person does, but it could make a difference in what god would do as far as as putting something in front of them but if you have already given them the scriptures and you've already given them the articles the sermons or the the web page or whatever then what is god going to do you've already given them the information that they need and they threw it out the door they rejected it There's a time to fast and there's a time not to fast. And you got to realize that your actions, your actions, is pretty much your own repentance and your own life. And your testimony and your witnessing, your evangelism to other people, and they may make a choice. And God has already put the truth in their path, and God has already done what He's supposed to do. God has already revealed the truth to them, and God's already given them the opportunity to see the light and everything. God's already done His job, and you've already done your job. Now it's up to that person own choice amen now getting off the top of the Halloween I believe I've said everything I need to say on that and let's just move on to some other things right now before we close down the broadcast the American elections are going to be November the 3rd That's only around ten days left to prepare for the chaos that will occur. Regardless of what happens on November third, I do believe that there is going to be chaos across America and across the world. This is not going to be limited to America. Even in recent months, almost an entire year now, we have saw violence and riots. Not just in America, but in Paris, Paris, France, and other nations across the world, as well as disease worldwide. None of this is limited to America. Now, I want you to understand something, is that the election this year in America is much, much different from normal. Because we're really not going to know who wins the election on that night of November 3rd. Please remember that we are not going to know who wins the election on November 3rd. We simply will not know who wins it that day because this year we have a lot of people voting by mail and it's going to take additional two, three days, maybe nine days, maybe two weeks, maybe more so Finn is counting all the mail-in votes sent in through the mail. So we're not going to know the winner of the American election, even the next day after the election. It's going to take time. But both sides are already telling us that it's probably going to go to the Supreme Court because both sides are claiming Russian, Iranian, Chinese interference And there is interference. But that interference is trying to defeat Trump. That interference from Iran, Russia, and China is trying to overthrow Trump and to bring in the Democrat president of Joseph Biden. But both sides will claim that the Chinese and Iranians and Russians want the other guy to win. The Democrats are lying through their teeth because they know, they know that the Russians and Chinese and Iranians actually want the Democrats to win. And that is very clear. It is very, very clear that those communists and Islamic nations want the Democrats to win. Why do they want them to win? Because the Democrats... Love, Islam, and communism, and witchcraft, and Satanism, and atheism, and everything that is wicked. Plain and simple, that's the truth. And if you don't realize that, you need to buy yourself a brain, because it's very easy and simple to acknowledge that truth. Very simple. Amen. And the Democrats, such as Antifa and Black Lives Matters, so-called fake Black Lives Matters group, they want the Democrats to win because the Democrats are not strong on, on military defense and police and law and order. The Democrats have always been known To be very weak on law enforcement and military national defense. Extremely, extremely weak. They always defund the military and the police. This is not new. They have always, always have put less money on protection and law and order. They do not believe in law and order because they love murder, even killing children, sacrificing children. To abortion and Halloween, and Christmas and Easter, this is what the Democrats are all about—murder and chaos and demonic things. That is what they are all about. You cannot separate the Democrat Party from Christmas and Easter and Halloween. Even if they don't even claim to worship God, they still keep those days. I know that for a fact. Amen. And they have already said, the Democrats have already said, that regardless of what happens on, on election night, that they're going to have violence in the streets and in the neighborhoods, that they're going to burn down the cities, regardless, no matter what happens. This is out of their own words. They are planning for it, and China and Russia and and Iran, they have shipped in the guns and the bombs and the knives and the money and the trucks. They have shipped in the supplies, and they're stockpiling the supplies, and they are training the people right now for that war, war day, that day of war. You can say that November 3rd is going to be a day of war. Worldwide, in the streets and neighborhoods and cities. Bombs? Absolutely. And I would not be surprised if there's something huge. I would not be surprised if there's some kind of a mass shooting of many, 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 many people killed that are lined up to vote. I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if there's some kind of a huge bomb that kills many people I would not be surprised I'm not saying that say of the Lord but just simply I would not be surprised at all and that's why I encourage people in America to vote early as I'm going to do Robert have you done that yeah very good Robert gets a reward because he's already voted amen praise the lord i don't know what that reward is going to be but i'm sure god will bless you <laughs> a pen a pen oh that gave you a pen yeah, and a pen. pen okay good uh, well ink pen or a badge pen ink pen see he got a free pen so god is good and i do believe that every american has the duty and the responsibility to vote in this election regardless of the outcome and regardless of what time we got left. I know that whatever happens is going to be the decision of the Lord. It will be the decision of the Lord, absolutely. But we can't always say, well, whatever happens, happens. God's in control. We can't just say that because. God expects us to do our part in everything. In everything, God expects us to do our part. And it is our duty and our responsibility as followers of the way of Jesus Christ to stand against evil. And when we vote for Donald Trump, we're making a stand against Iran, China, and Russia, We're making a stand against Nazism. We're making a stand against hatred against Jews. We're making a stand against wickedness and abortion and homosexuality by voting against Joseph Biden. I know that Donald Trump is not perfect by far, but he is the one that God did choose to be the president thus far And we have the duty to make a stand in support of Donald Trump because he does stand against the wickedness of communism and Islam. He does, even though he still is part of Babylon. And he does need to grow in the truth and repent of sins as any person needs to do. Amen. But if you vote early, then you have less of a chance to get involved in the violence that will occur on the election night. So I would encourage you to vote early and not through the mail and not on the Internet, but in person in the early voting, which you've got a few days left. You've got only a few days left to do that, three, four, five days max. To do that so go Monday and vote early if you are American now in addition to the riots the bombs the chaos the fires and the murders there will be new diseases there will be more viruses bacteria infections there will be more plagues even as president Donald Trump called it the other night during the presidential debate, he called it a plague. And that gave me some insight into his thinking that he does consider it as a biblical plague. Very significant. And that's a good sign. But there will be more plagues, even as our sister had a vision, our spiritual sister had a vision on October 21st, just the other day, of one of those plagues. And there will be multiple plagues. There will be multiple viruses and multiple bacterias. We ain't seen nothing yet. And I am concerned that the coronavirus, COVID-19, SARS-2, that once the the annual yearly flu, once the, the yearly flu gets ramped up in this flu season in the winter time in America and worldwide that it could merge with the uh SARS two and the flu, that it could merge together because this is a engineered, we know it for a fact, we have tons of evidence, tons of evidence that the COVID-19 virus was engineered on purpose, created by mankind in the Chinese lives. There's no question to that, no question to that, amen? And because it's man-made, and it was man-made like a Frankenstein monster of different viruses all mixed together, including the HIV virus, we know for a fact, and other viruses mixed together, it could very well merged together with additional virus is engineered to be very different and very distinct from other viruses and it could very easily i believe mix with, with with a additional flu virus and be some kind of a really powerful and very dead to become more deadly that is my concern it's not thus Lord. in addition to that additional viruses additional bacteria infections that will kill many 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 people in the coming months i'm sure of that and that is thus say of the lord that there will be additional additional death from and much more much more thus say of the lord much more death to come from disease in the coming months and the next three and a half years. Thus say the Lord absolutely. Amen. Revelation six, verse eight, as well as I believe it's Ezekiel as well. Amen. Only ten days to prepare for the chaos related to the American elections i encourage you i urge you very strongly every one of you regardless of where you live regardless of your finances regardless of the situation that you may be in any and every situation that you are in i urge each and every one of you without exception to try your very best to get extra food in your house before the night of november the third extra food and if you have a car Fill that baby up full of diesel, gas, whatever kind of fuel that your car uses before the night of November 3rd. It's better to be cautious and overcautious rather than to be called unprepared. Now let's move on from that. The new updated Alpha and Omega Bible. We did release update, what, last month? It was, I believe, whenever it was. But the the work on the Alpha and Omega Bible is an ongoing thing. It is constant, 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 constant. That either God or Robert or myself or somebody else pointing something out that needs corrected, that needs improved, and so is an ongoing process. And this is true even with King James, even with New American Standard, NIV, other translations. This is not unusual. This is not unusual at all. Uh, For the most part, most of the, uh, most translations undergo editing and improvement over time. Um, The AOB is unique in that we keep, doing it and releasing the paperbacks every six months or so, and sometimes even less than that. And I know that can be expensive of every six months or so ordering the Bibles again and again and again and again. But it's entirely worth it, absolutely worth it, because that guarantees you that you get the most accurate, most updated copy of the scriptures. As God continues to teach us and lead us into more and more truth and understanding of the scriptures and what was edited and corrupted by the Catholic Church and other translators, as we become aware of that, that has to be fixed. So it's well worth any and all amount of money. Money is nothing. I know it's difficult to come by for some of us, but money is nothing. And if we have to give all of our uh, resources financially down the toilet, it would not be down the toilet at all, but up into heaven, amen, is what it would be because the, the fruit of it, the result of it would be truth regardless of the price, and I'm not making money from it. Uh, Robert is my witness that uh, I put the prices at the absolute lowest that the printer will allow me to do. The company that I go through robert said amen and sometimes they force me to do one penny above i don't know why that is sometimes they don't make me do that and sometimes they do one penny above but whether it's equal to or one penny above either way i always choose the lowest possible price that they will allow me. um so I'm, I'm not trying to make profit on these Bibles. I'm just trying to get the Scripture perfected and restored as much as possible and as quickly as possible. And uh, that requires people to keep buying and keep buying it. And the truth is, I have bought tons of it out of my own pocket, out of my own money, uh, as well as tithes and offerings. Um, I send, every time there's an update in the paperbacks, I send Bibles for free all across the world. They receive them for free, but these Bibles are not free. I have to pay for them. Okay? I have to pay for them because the paper, the books, the ink, even the company that prints them, they have to make money on it, not myself. So I have to buy it. So these books are not free, these Bibles are not free. But yet people all over the world are getting them without costs, as well as some people buying them as well, of course. But they're buying them from the printers, they're not really buying them from me. Okay, and I believe that this will be the very last. That is my belief at this point. And that could change. But my belief at this time is that this would be the very last printed paperback update. Of course, there will be updates on the PDF, but I believe that there will be that this will be the last paperback update that will ever issue because of the new viruses and new bacterias and war and stuff like that that is coming very, very, very soon. And that will hinder us from getting the Bibles shipped to other nations. Right now, we're in a space between two plagues. So when the COVID-19 got really bad, they stopped shipping to a lot of nations, and a lot of nations was no longer Able to ship their mail to their own residents. Now we're in a spot to where we can now ship again, but this will only last only a short period of time, short period of time, and then we will no longer be able to ship internationally anymore, at least not able to safely, without spreading the virus through the mail. So, We're in a special space of time right now. and We have to take advantage of this space of time to prepare with all of your supplies as much as possible and shipping of these Bibles. So each person individually, please contact me about how you're going to get these Bibles. Some people, I'm going to pay for it and ship it to you. People that have no income, people that have no jobs, people that have no way of getting it, then automatically this is what's going to occur. I will be shipping it to you. You will not have to pay anything for it. Other people, if you have a job, if you're sending money into this ministry, if you are giving your tithes into this ministry from your income, even then we are going to ship these Bibles to you without you paying anything because you're already paid for these Bibles For your tithes and offerings but people that have an income and you do not send any money to our ministry then you are required to go on amazon.com after the update which will be tuesday wait until tuesday and then you can order the bibles and You have to pay for them yourself and pay for the shipping yourself and all of that, and it's all your responsibility. If you have an income and you do not send money to this ministry, then it is your responsibility to pay for your own Bibles because we can't pay for Bibles for everybody in the entire world. And if you have an income, then you have an income and you're able to, and it might mean a sacrifice of eating less maybe perhaps if you don't have much of the income you might have to eat less you might have to take out a new credit card or you might have to borrow some money or whatever you know i understand that it's not easy i understand poverty i understand but nevertheless if you have income and you're not sending your tithes to god by helping us in our ministry, then it's not our responsibility to help you financially with these Bibles. It's not our responsibility. Our responsibility financially is to our congregation, to those that are baptized in Jesus Christ, to those that pay their tithes in obedience to God, and to the poor, to those that have no income, we have a responsibility. Amen. And one last thing is that here in the United States, we're going to have a a time change after next Sabbath. Next Sabbath, next seventh day, the services will, will still be at the same time that we normally have services. Next Saturday, same time. But that next day after that, we change our clocks here in the United States except for Uh, Some places in Arizona, they don't change their clocks. And I understand that. I don't think Jamaica changes their clocks. So next Saturday, same time. But the Saturday after that, you need to log in to the worship services one hour earlier than normal for the rest of the year into next year. One hour earlier, whatever time that you've been uh, tuning in to the broadcast, just tune in one hour earlier. Now, for people in the United States, we're still going to be having services at the same time at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern time. We're not changing, really, the time that we meet services, that we have services. But for people in other nations who do not change their clocks, when we change our clock but you don't, that means that you would have to turn in one hour earlier. Not next week, but starting the week after that. Okay, I believe that this pretty much covers everything. I leave anything out? be Halloween, Thanksgiving coming up elections preparing have extra food throw up your gas tank be ready for the chaos have supplies we got about covers it amen praise God and praise the Lord again for giving us heads up about the riots and the coming plagues. So we can get ready. Amen. Well, we've got some special food we've not even put on the stove yet, but we'll get it on the stove and get it cooking and get it eating. Amen. God is good to us. Thank you, everybody, for listening. See you next week. God bless. In Jesus' name. Amen.